the phone lines and text lines are now open. WhatsApp or text Limerick today now on 086 123 9595. Limerick today. Limerick today with Joe Nash. Now, a familiar voice to you and someone familiar to us in the studio and indeed in his own domain, a Parkway shopping centre over the years, is the manager of Parkway Shopping Centre, Roger Beck, who has announced he is retiring and he's due to finish in the role at the end of the month. Would you believe almost 20 years at the helm? And Roger has uh, plenty to remember and some great times and then some challenging times. But I suppose that applies in every job, doesn't it, at the shopping centre over the decades. Uh, good morning to you, Roger. Great to see you. Good morning, Joe, and good morning, everybody out there. And I said as I was walking past you in the office, you look like a, quite a relaxed man. I suspect you're looking forward to retirement. Uh, Joe, I've always been relaxed. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time. But yes, I am. Of course I am. I, I'm working nearly 50 years, Joe. Um, I started work when I, when I was 16. I'm 65 now, going on 66. That's a long time. And I've always been in work. So I'm nearly due a bit of a break. Really? So, so you've always worked? I've always worked uh, when I was in school, when I was in college. Uh, and then I went into the hotel business. That's two weeks work every week. Uh, and then into what is my job for the last 20 years. From where did the Becks hail? I mean, where did you grow up? Well, I, I was born in Tullamore. We, we came from the Midlands. Um, I was in Tullamore, Monster Evan Atai. My dad was in the retail trade. Uh, and when I was, what, 11, uh, we moved to Limerick. My dad came to Limerick to run Boyd's. You might remember the old Boyd's in Limerick Street, the real old-fashioned store where they had, they had their own pharmacy, they had a grocery department. They used to mix their own tea. They had a toy department, they had a paint department, they had a wallpaper department. They even used to sell Massey Ferguson tractors. Do you know the place that still reminds me of that? McElhenney's in Donegal, a big old style department store that's still there. And very hard to get and where you got a little bit of everything. And if your toilet was broken and you went in, somebody would tell you what you needed to fix the toilet and somebody would tell you the right kind of paint to use. And as I said, they even used to mix their own tea. They bought in the tea and they actually had a tea mixing department. So when you went in, you'd bring in your grocery list and you'd have your pound of butter and your pint of milk and your pound of tea and your loaf of bread and you'd hand it in and they'd go away and get everything for you. And it was all served out over the counter. There was no such thing as self-service in those days. Would you say then that the Parkway Shopping Centre and centres like it are the natural successor to the department store? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we are a mix, a total mix centre. Uh, okay, the, the mix is slightly different now in that we still have the pharmacy, we have phone shops and we have shoe shops and we have clothes shops and all that kind of stuff. But my whole background is retail. My my dad obviously was a retailer until he retired, until when Boyd's closed. But my grandfather on my mother's side was also a retailer. He was a draper back up in the Midlands uh, in Port Arlington in County Leash and he had his haberdashery department and he has his men's suit department and he had his shoe department and he had his ladies clothes department and all that kind of stuff so I suppose retail is in my blood right so it's intergenerational oh, it's intergenerational from both sides so while I don't I don't necessarily sell anything anymore 
but I still get a buzz out of retail and out of selling uh, and all that. So like, I worked for many years in the hotel business and, um, you know, our we were there, we were selling weddings, we were selling dinner dances, we were selling parties, we were selling rooms and all that kind of sales stuff. Selling is selling. It's something that, mm. that I think is in your blood and you just get a buzz from getting a sale, whatever point right, it And is. it's fascinating because as you know, some people run away from what their parents do, but you didn't. Well, I kind of did in that I went from retail. I, I started um, working in the hotel business. So when I left school, I went to the hotel college in Shannon I and I worked in the hotel trade for almost 30 years. Uh, from collecting bottles right up to general manager. Uh, I worked in the hotel trade. I was I was 17 years in the old Limerick Inn, if you remember the Limerick Inn, I where do. the Radisson is now. And I has been for well, the last yeah. 22, 23 years. But I was 17 years there until that hotel closed. Uh, it was by far the best hotel in the country. It had the best team, uh, the best colleagues, not necessarily the best building. But everything about that hotel far surpassed anything in the country at the time. And isn't it interesting that some places become fixtures and you assume that they'll be there forever, but of course the world doesn't quite work that way. The world doesn't work that way and for, you know, for whatever reasons the, that hotel closed down at the time. Um, I actually stayed on with the developers, uh, John Fleming Construction, who were there. I stayed on as their site agent while the development went on and then I left it at the at the end of that development and I went into the Green Hills. I did 12 months as general manager in the Green Hills, again with a colleague of mine from the Limerick Inn, John Fahey, a great friend of mine who I actually met only last week. Uh, John went as uh, managing director to the Green Hills and I went in there as general manager and I worked there for a year. Right. And then I got to the stage of saying, you know, I'm sick and tired of 80, 85 hours a week. Yeah, because um, that is what the hotel business insists upon. It's still the case, well, isn't it? I I don't think it's it's as bad now as it was back then. You wouldn't get away with it. Well, we knew nothing else, Joe. We went into the hotels or into the catering trade at 15, 16, 17, 18 years of age. And it was the norm. You just worked. Work was there. You went in and you worked. You enjoyed it. You did what you have to do. You went in. You might be on a, a 3 to 12 shift in the evening and a 7 to 3 shift the following day. But you mightn't get your three to twelve shift mightn't finish till three or four o'clock in the morning, and you still were back in the following morning for six or seven o'clock to get ready for breakfast and do your your shift the following day. Yeah, we're chatting to Roger Beck, who is retiring after many years at the end of this month as manager of Parkway Shopping Centre. What was the buzz of hotel work? It was the camaraderie. It was producing a phenomenal product. It was always exceeding people's expectations. People came came in for an expectation of a wedding and they were expecting to get the meal. The meal, we always went above and beyond to make sure the meal was there. But there was also the buzz of the unexpected. You didn't know what was going to happen. It was back in the days when we used to do three weddings, almost as standard every Friday and Saturday. No hotel does more than one wedding anymore. Very, very seldom. We used to do three, two or three days a week. And it was the carry-on that went on with those. You get the wrong wedding cake, you go into the wrong wedding. You saw so many brides and grooms, you couldn't remember the faces and you were hoping the photographer would turn up before the bridal groom car so you know which bride was getting out of the car and which reception room they were going into. 
it was the days when, you know, people, they, everybody'd sit down for the for the meal. You find there's ten seats short in, uh, for the for the reception. You chase around, you get everything ready. Tell the chef he had to produce ten more dinners. Find someone to serve the tables. Get the sa- table set up. The bride and groom walk in, and then the table inside would get up. and We're at the wrong wedding, and they'd walk out. <laughs> and, and I presume, as a consequence of that, and you know, being at work so much, all of you as as a team probably ended up socialising together when you did and all that. We really didn't because we didn't have time. Right, okay. you know. It was I mean, just... re- realistically, we were there four or five nights a week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I was just chatting, with, as I say, with John last week, and between the top four managers in the Limerick Inn when it closed, we had nearly ninety years' experience between the four of us in the one hotel. That's amazing. That was, you know, you don't get that kind of thing, but. You know, the the head porter, the head receptionist, the restaurant managers, the kitchen staff, the housekeepers. It was all a big team. And I would still meet some of those people on the day to day. Some of them still shop in the parkway every week. And I get to meet them there. Or people who are passing through would call in and say hello. Uh, you know, and that, that camaraderie, it was that camaraderie that made that business what it is. Now, you talked to us from time to time about your passion for barbecuing. Did you sell barbecues? I spent about a year selling barbecues, outdoor furniture, lawnmowers, all that kind of stuff in a company called uh, The Outdoor Home Company. Uh, long gone now. No, uh, nothing to do with me, but that's a long And, and, and ha- were you interested in barbecuing at that point or I, did you develop the passion there? I, I, I suppose I was interested in it up to a point. It was cooking. I love food. Uh, so yes, I was interested in it. But it's developed more and more. I, when I was there, I got introduced to, in, to ceramic barbecues, as you know a little bit about. Uh, but I got introduced to ceramic barbecues there and I saw the benefits of what that could do. But I also... At that time, it was just the start of the internet. It's 25 years ago. People might remember the bing, bing, bing of the, the trying to get a dial-up reception. And I, I got to know guys in America on the internet at that time who were so good to me because they were operating five year, five hours behind me on a, an old dial-up internet as well. But those guys taught me to cook over the internet. And I would still be friendly with some of those lads today. Mike Schweitzer in Austin and Texas and Leroy McMillan in Louisiana. People like that who were so good to me. Because barbecue in Ireland in those days was burgers and sausages. To a large extent it still is and we're trying to change that. But back then, like they were trying to teach me that you could do pulled pork for 18 hours in a barbecue. When I was used to cooking sausages in five minutes and burning them. So, you know, they... They, those kind of people and there was a whole team of them but they gave me so much information so much help uh, that really, that's where my love of it started and Roger they always say you should prepare for retirement so is that great passion for barbecue going to be a big part of your life? Oh I think it, it, it has been for so long now Joe and it'll just mean I have even more time to do to do that and, and the other things that I enjoy I, I'm into boats I, I have a little boat out in Killaloo we enjoy that kind of thing as well so I have the boat I have the barbecue and I think that's where I'm going to spend more of my time especially in the barbecue side obviously because it's handy it's right. in the back garden all the time there's loads of barbecues there there's always something to cook on uh, and something different Right, we're chatting to Roger Beck, uh, who is uh, retiring as manager of Parkway Shopping Centre at the end of the month. How did you end up at the Parkway then? Um, I suppose I saw the ad in the paper. Uh, it was advertised in the Limerick Post uh, to give them their due. Uh, I applied for it. Um, now, uh, this is three owners ago uh, because the the Parkway has changed. I, I've worked for three different owners in the shopping centre and three different management companies. But uh, the, the advert was there. Um, 
I applied for it. I got the job back in the days when it was owned by Clancourt, uh, Clancourt Developments, who still own the Crescent. Um, worked with them. Uh, 18 months later, they sold it to Harcourt Developments. Uh, so we, we, all, myself and the, the staff and the team that are, most of them are still there, uh, we moved over to Harcourt Developments and their management company, which was Fitzwilliam Place Management. And uh, now in the last, uh, kind of the middle of this year, the, the ownership has, has changed again. So we moved from Fitzwilliam Place Management to Armark Properties about 18 months ago, two years ago. And then the ownership of the centre has moved to Devi Investments. So mm. we have a third owner and um, we're still there and still the same crew. And listen, we know here at Live 95 and we've been beneficiaries of it that you love radio and you've been very good uh, in terms of advertising uh, Parkway Shopping Centre over the years on radio. And you've had some pretty famous people doing your ads, isn't that true? <laughs> we, we, well, we have, I suppose. Our, our big coup was a few years ago when Gay Byrne did our Christmas ad for us. And I still actually have the advert. I was only playing it on the computer the other day. I still have it. But yeah, Gay was, Gay was very good to us. But that goes back through to, in the Harcourt days, uh, Mike Murphy. Uh, of the live Mike and all those kind of things. The great Mike Murphy was a, actually a developer of Harcourt, or a manager, I should say, a, a director of Harcourt Developments. And Mike arranged for Gay to do the advert for us for Christmas for the shopping centre. And we used that. And we used it here on 95 for a good few I, years. It got some reaction, didn't oh, it? Oh, it was brilliant. How did you get all <laughs> <It> the <was>. When <laughs> Gay never did advertising. He did nothing, but he did that one for us. And I actually had the pleasure one year of actually working with Gay at the J.P. Mamwanda's Golf Classic when uh, when the Classic was out in um, in Adair, maybe the first time or second time it was in Adair. And we used to be involved at the catering level. We used to look after the catering and I used to do the MC for the for the event, but uh, they brought in Gay Byrne to introduce to do the MC for the occasion. My, from my job that year was to actually introduce Gay Byrne, so I, I can I can say that I had the pleasure of working with Gay Byrne if it was only for one night. Roger, what for you makes the Parkway? The people, without doubt, it's the people. Uh, it's the, my own staff. Most of the staff who are there are longer than me, Joe. Pascal, Frank, Noel. Kevin, Mike, they they were there before me and they're going to be there behind me. Uh, and then there's the guys and the girls that have come in behind me, Hassan and Louise and Anne uh, and all, Eddie and Eamon and those team. But even there, most of those are there 10, 12, 15, 16 years. So it's it's that team that I work with that I can, I can trust the Parkway in their hands whether I'm there or not. I was out a few times for operations and knee replacements and stuff like that where I wasn't in the place for six weeks. I went back in the place was exactly as I left it. You know, that is the team that's around it. So you have that click. They're brilliant. And I can't say enough about them. But also the tenants, we have a lovely set of tenants there. And the whole place, it's like you mentioned the department store early on. It's almost like one big family that, you know, the, all the, the store managers, they all work together. They all work with me. They work with the lads. They all work as part of the team that, that, that runs the centre. And that's what makes it what it is. Was COVID the biggest challenge? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, in all the things I did in the hotels and in all the hours we worked and in all the hardship we did and all the hours and everything else, COVID was by, by a long straw the hardest thing we ever did. When you know, People forget how bad it was at the start, but we started COVID with no hand sanitizers, with no gloves, with, with nothing, only don't go out in it. And we had to go to work every day. Did you not make a mad dash to Nina one day 
I, my my brother works in Tiberi County Council and he rang me one day. We, we were looking for hand sanitizer. It just wasn't to be got in the country. And my brother rang me one day and he said, look, I, I, there's a factory in Nina uh, and they make sanitizer for limb replacement operations. And I know they have a bit of sanitizer there. And I rang the factory and they told me, yes, we have it. I got into the car. I drove to Nina. I broke the five kilometer limit. I probably broke the speed limit, but there was nobody else in the road. And I got there first to get that drop of hand sanitizer. And I got five or eight or ten gallons of the stuff. And some went to our shopping centre in Galway and some went to Port Leash and I think some went to Donegal. But we were, you know, we were at that level where we had nothing and nobody knew what COVID was, only it was killing people left, right and centre. How quickly did business come back? It's really only getting back now to pre-COVID levels. And I know some shopping centres are still, their numbers are below 2019 levels. Uh, our, our numbers are back and we're, we're a few percent ahead of now. Uh, and the shopping centre is trading very well. But we have a great mix of tenants and we have a great offer. And people, they enjoy coming to the shopping centre. Uh, we looked after people very well during covid and I will always give Dunn's Doors massive credit for the way that they handled COVID and cleaning trolleys. They brought in extra staff. They had management on the door all the time, talking to people, liaising with people, liaising with us. Uh, and they were brilliant. Uh, and Paul Durbin and Michael Campbell, I always remember them for it. They were so good with us uh, and worked with us. But all the other shops that we were open and we were, we were lucky in that while a lot of shopping centres were down to three, four, five shops, we had still more than half our shops open because we had butchers, we had healthcare shops, we had pharmacies, we had people shops selling food. Uh, you know, so we we were lucky that we could keep open. But that we the other side of that was then we had queues for two or three hours all the time at the mall to get into the stores to shop. What about Limerick in general and Limerick City Centre? What are your views now as someone who's been involved in business for decades? I think Limerick has a huge problem and has created a huge problem for itself, Joe, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, and the big problem is parking. It's access to the city. The buses aren't there. The quality and standard of bus service isn't there. That is supposed to be the alternative to the cars and the cars coming in. But all the cars have been driven out because there's nowhere to park your car. They've made it more awkward to get around the city. Even these awkward looking elbows that they've put at the corners of places like Hearthstone Street where you come up Hearthstone Street you want to turn right but no it's awkward to get out now it's more dangerous that's putting people coming off going into the centre you come in on the bus you buy five or six bags of stuff how do you get them home you have to get the bus home and you wait for half an hour to get the bus I was coming through Limerick I think Monday last week at lunchtime and I had to come in and meet somebody in the city it took me half an hour to get from the Hunt Museum to the Crescent and not one bus passed me on the way up O'Connell Street. And it I, I must be the only street in the country where the main thoroughfare is single lane. You know, for there's no buses. They've given they've taken away uh, parking spaces to make the footpaths wider. They've taken away parking spaces to put in taxi ranks. So there's but no you know the argument is that that's all about transition to a different type of city centre. Okay, f- take that as fine. But then give an alternative way to get into the city centre. And the, the alternative isn't there. The, the, and what is the alternative for you? Well, they haven't put in the, you know, the, whether it be alternative be the buses, whether it be the trams, whether it be the trains. But they've done the bit of eliminating the traffic. 
but they haven't done the the other side of it, putting in the alternative. They, you know, there isn't a good enough bus service getting into town. There isn't enough uh, trains. There isn't enough access to the city. Right, but centre. as someone you know, who's committed to Limerick and has been in various types of businesses, including retail, over decades, Roger, how worried are you about the city centre? Oh, very worried, Joe. If, if I we go back to where we started the conversation, you had Boyd's, you had Newsom's, you had Mourns, you had Canucks, you had uh, Roach's stores, you had Todd's, all those real good quality shops and 20, 30 more of them in the city centre. Now you have Pennies, you have Brown Thomas and after that you have the few shops in, in, in Cruises Street um, which has its own issues. You know, the, 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 the offer isn't there and until the the supply chain for the customers is there, the offer won't be there because there's nothing for the retail shops to open. There's no incentive for retail shops to open in Limerick because there's no way to get the customers to them. Mm. So, as I say, they've, they have kind of restricted the access for the customer so the, the, the retailers won't come because the customers aren't there. Finally, you've mentioned that you've worked non-stop. You are going to finish that phase of your life uh, at the end of this month. Are you really ready for it? Are you really ready in January for the lack of buzz, the lack of constancy, of non-stop movement? Are you, are you really up for it? Are you really going to go as Roger Beck, well, I'm, re- I'm retiring now? I suppose I'll find out in January, Joe, won't I? <laughs> but I, I, I probably am. I, I've known since August that... I that that it's coming, so it's not it's not going to come as a shock. I I'm going to have more time to spend at my barbecuing, and that kind of thing. I have a few ideas in how I where I want to take that. Um, as I said again early on in the conversation, there were people twenty twenty five years ago who were very good to me. I want to pay that forward to the next generation. I do a bit of mentoring on the internet for people who are learning to barbecue. I want to do more of that. I want to help people to develop what I think is a great lifestyle. You do a little bit of it. You know the benefits of it yourself. I want more and more people to get into that. It's it's just such a great variety of food. You can cook so much. You can do so much. You know me. I'm an obsessive with the damn thing. So I want to take that forward, but I want to pay forward what people have given to me over the years. And if I can do that and enjoy the few holidays or three or four holidays or five or six holidays a year and a little bit of boating on the river and a little bit more cooking and a little bit more boating and a few more holidays, I'll be quite, I won't find the time too long at all. And hopefully in here contributing to the coffee break and other things as well. And this is a nice way, I think, to finish. Tony says, Roger's a local legend. Helped me many times in the past and wishing him the very best for his retirement. P.S. Looking forward to the barbecue book coming up. <laughs> Roger Beck, still manager of Parkway Shopping Centre. You're going to get lots of people if they didn't know it already coming up to you now over the next few weeks. Uh, wishing you the very best and it's been fabulous to have you in here and we thank you genuinely and sincerely too at Live95 for your support for uh, our business as well and wish you nothing but success and health and happiness. I will be back, Joe. Roger back. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today. Limerick Today. With Apple Green, your stop for great food and coffee on the road. Live 95.